What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Letterman Row Studios. Welcome to another edition of the Letterman Lounge with that guy, the recruiting expert for the Ohio State team site at On3. We call it Letterman Row. Uh, this is the Letterman Lounge. He is Matt Parker. A lot of information there, but I think we got it all covered. Go check him out at LettermanRow.com. Great deals every day. You can go get that coverage uh, of the recruiting side. I do some team stuff, so if you want to check that out, that's cool, too. For now, we're obviously on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel below. We'll get that out of the way. The pleasantries, Matt. How are you after a jam-packed Ohio State official visit weekend? Uh, still, still working, still working, trying to find things out. Uh, there's a lot of information that uh, I have already reported though about this weekend from this past weekend, I should say. And now we are officially in the dead period. So official visits are are behind us. Uh, the Ohio State staff is. Very quickly packing their suitcases uh, for various destinations. I do believe some coaches are are already out of town. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, this is a uh, June by all accounts was successful. We're going to find out how successful in the next couple of days with July slash commit season rapidly approaching. Yeah, with it's always funny to me, Matt, um, the big recruiting weekend of the last weekend of June is always right against uh five o'clock somewhere for these coaches uh and so you know the job says that we have to reach out to these coaches or you know reach out to our sources and be like hey how did the how did the weekend with the 17 year old go and they would rather be talking about how the vacation with their families is about to go uh, because this is like the only two or three weeks of the year that they get off. Now they make a lot of money. And so I'm not going to, you know, uh, you know, cry for them, but uh, it is an interesting time because yes, this was a very critical official visit weekend, but at the same time, these guys are now on vacation. And so uh, commit season also is vacation season, uh, which is followed by flip season. So I guess the coaches get double the work once they get back because they got to keep the guys in the class. Uh, it's just an interesting little dynamic to always remember at the end of June. Not only is it a huge time for recruiting, but it's the, the rare occasion where these coaches get to get out of town. Yeah, I would like to know when when I get hashtag vacation season. But uh, that's 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 a sob story for me. No one else wants to hear about that. Let's get let's get right into uh, who I think as of right now, this very moment is the most important commit to Ohio State's class of all 16 of them. Uh, four star Cleveland, Ohio, Glenville cornerback Bryce West. We saw over the weekend. Uh, I'm not sure how much you had been paying attention to the Twitter sphere over the weekend. But he uh, announced announced his commitment uh, to Ohio State Saturday. Uh, but it had been it had been leaked through various places uh, from the commit dinner Friday night, where uh, he was up on a microphone um, and, and it announced his intention that he was gonna that he's gonna commit to Ohio State. And uh, I think as it stands right this very second. He is the most important commit to the class for multiple reasons, namely being it was an Ohio State Michigan battle and Ohio State won it. And then secondly, it just further reopens that Glenville pipeline to Ohio State. And there are some dudes coming up in that program that are behind Bryce West and uh, Demarion Witten, who also committed to Ohio State this past weekend, the uh, four star uh, tight end from Glenville. 
Yeah, it's interesting to me, Matt, um, that the Buckeyes go so long without going back into that Glenville well. Um, I, I just don't think the talent was there. Um, and all of a sudden you've got this just, you know, the well is back full. The water, the cup runneth over with talent at Cleveland Glenville, if you will. Um, when you when you look at the last couple of years, uh, Arvell Reese, who I think is going to be a really talented player for the Buckeyes, uh, Bryce West, Damarian Witten, uh, like you said, a couple other guys coming through that pipeline. Uh, it's always a good thing when you've got a set school that you know, hey, that's a program that's probably going to give us a player or two because you've already got a couple guys in the class, even if they're not committed yet. So, like, that's a good thing, right? So, like, I think Ohio State probably knew Bryce West was going to be a Buckeye eventually. Um, as long as Demarion Witten wanted to be in the class, he was able to be in the class. Um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more here in, in just a minute. Uh, as we get into that, I think it's going to be a little bit of a fun few minutes to talk. But, you know, like, that is a good thing. When Ohio State can go into a program knowing it has, you know, on first contact, it has an 85% chance of landing the kid. That's great. Bryce West might make you – you might dangle the carrot a little longer than other people would. But, uh, you know, he he did – he is in the class, just like everyone expected. And now you can start to build your, your defensive class around Garrett Stover, Bryce West, a couple other defensive commits, but more importantly, two guys who are locked in on Ohio State. You don't have to worry about those guys, and you can really start to hit the, hit the pedal to the metal from there. And like you said, Bryce West is a huge commit. I, I completely agree. I think this kid has all the upside in the world. It's weird and, uh, that he's the second most talented corner in the state, maybe, but also a really, really talented corner. We'll get into Aaron Scott, I'm sure. But, like, this is huge for Ohio State. Yeah, and despite uh, what the internet consistently likes to tell me, um, the alleged best in Ohio are staying in Ohio as of right now. So um, I take that for what it's worth. Um and whatever programs are are saying that they're coming into the state of Ohio and plucking the talent away, that's that's their business. Uh, I actually wrote about that pretty extensively as it related to uh, both Aaron Scott and Bryce West. Uh, I did a, a kind of bit of a cross-examination story with uh, the Wolverines, Zach Libby. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into the whole uh, uh, lazy narrative of, of, of that of that story line if you will the uh the best in ohio go to michigan because ohio state and michigan recruit different players that's i'm kind of going on a tangent here but i just feel so passionate about how tiring that that narrative is from michigan um but this is an Ohio State show, so we're going to talk about how Ohio State continues to build a fence around the state and it gets the guys that it wants, um, which in this case, Bryce West to Marion Witten. And now uh, you're going to see a a very, very, very big recruiting battle reach its peak and also its end um, with Aaron Scott, uh, the Four-star cornerback out of Springfield, Ohio, just about 40 minutes west of Ohio State's campus here in lovely Columbus, Ohio. Um, he's the number one uh, Ohio prospect, number two cornerback in the country per on three. I think he's the number 13 overall prospect as well by on three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so this is uh, he's a big deal. Like He is a big deal for Ohio State and for Michigan. Those are two programs that have spent so much time, so much resources, 
uh, so many resources, excuse me, uh, to get to get this guy on their program, wh- whichever one. And I talked to Aaron, I think it was Monday night. Uh, he and I were on the phone for about 10 minutes and you could just you could just hear the strain in his voice on how difficult of a decision this is for him. I mean, he loves both programs. He has great relationships with both coaching staffs. Uh, and it doesn't help that in all avenues of, of of his life, he's got people pulling him one way or the other. And at some point, you know, he he told me that he's just going to have to make this decision for him. And wherever that is, um, you know, that that's what it's going to be. Where do I think it's going to be? I, I mean, I have predicted that he's going to go to Ohio State. And going into this official visit this past weekend, I think I told you and a couple of other people that I was at 5149 Ohio State, Michigan. After talking with Aaron and then some sources inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center after the visit, I'm now like 5545 Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, So, yeah, I know this is I, I can't stress how how real of a contender Michigan is in this, in this race. Like I cannot stress, like they have a legitimate shot of, uh, of doing what they say they do of what they allegedly do and coming into Ohio and, and taking the best. They really could do that here, but just the things that I have heard, uh, how the official visit went, which I detailed that in my uh, story for lemonroad.com. You can read it up there right now, as a matter of fact, um, Ohio State did a really, really good job of of showing Aaron and additionally his family what Ohio State is, like w- what the program actually is, what Aaron's role would be in the four two five system that Jim Knowles runs. Um, additionally, what life would be like as a Buckeye, you know, what what it would be like as far as you know opportunities post football um, and, and things like that, and. I think Ohio State just really put all all of their cards on the table uh, and just there there was no stone left unturned by Ohio State from this past weekend. Matt, here's the thing that that I've been thinking about and grappling with is like, okay, you've got a kid who very well could end up at Michigan. And that's not you and I like trying to prepare the Ohio State fan base. Hey, just in case this happens, like, don't freak out. Like, like, it's real. It is, it's 100% real. Like with Jordan Marshall, I think it was a completely different recruitment. And Michigan got its win over Ohio State. There were some some upset folks in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. We're not denying that at all. But I also think Ohio State understood that it was just a little bit of a different recruitment. And sometimes, you know, one or two of those just get away from you. Ohio State was late to the party. Uh, Michigan crashed the party. They were way early. Uh, fringe guy showed up at 530. The party was supposed to start at 6. And uh, yeah. You know, Michigan comes in and, and wins the day. That's fine. You, you you chalk one up for the team up north. They they won that one. But like to come in and grab Aaron Scott, that's a real possibility. And it would be a a monumental shift in this rivalry. And you don't want to put the weight of the rivalry on a five eleven buck sixty five corner from Springfield, Ohio. But also like he's the number one player in the state. You have to get him. You have yeah. to. if you want him, you have to get him. And like they did a great job selling Bryce West. I think they did a great job selling Aaron Scott. Now, here's the thing, and I, I really want to get your opinion on this. I'm not trying to, to take over here, but the point I'm getting at is this rivalry is going to be defined, oddly enough, by two cornerbacks over the next three or four years. And 
it's either going to be Bryce West and Aaron Scott as a duo trying to help Ohio State's defense get back to top level, or it's going to be Bryce West being compared at every corner of his entire life to Aaron Scott because they chose different paths. And I just think that is a fascinating thing to see develop in real time. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to look at it one of two ways. And, and like you have said, you have said the what the ways to look at it from the, from the perspective of, um, you know, by, by all accounts, I feel like Bryce West always knew that he was going to go to Ohio state. I just, something tells me that, you know, I, I had mentioned this to you, uh, perhaps off, off camera, but just talking to him about Ohio state, there was just a different tone in his voice. You know, he, it, it, he wasn't exactly having the best poker face. Uh, Bryce, if you see this, I'm sorry, my guy, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it is so interesting to just to, to look at the direction and the trajectory that this rivalry with everything else that is behind it, that is going to impact that. I mean, there's, Changes to college football are going to impact this. Changes to the Big Ten are, are going to impact this rivalry. Uh, and by that, I'm talking about the additions of USC, UCLA. That that probably will have its impact. Uh, the, the lack of, I mean, Ohio State and Michigan in a year from now, there's going to be stories about the road for Ohio State and Michigan to play against each other in the Big Ten championship. Like, that's going to be a thing. Um, so then you get back-to-back weeks of that. Um, and there are just so many things that like, that, that like come back to different avenues for the rivalry to, to stay, uh, where it's at, but I, I mean, I'll drink the Kool-Aid a little bit that, that are the recruitment of, of two cornerbacks from the state of Ohio are going to impact that. But I mean, we've seen it, we've seen it before, you know, I think, Maybe not as much in in recent times, but I mean, you saw Charles Woodson go to Michigan. Uh, I mean, we have to go in the way back machine to to see how how Michigan, you know, pluck some some players from Ohio and stuff like that. But the one thing that kind of that kind of is always in the back of my head when talking about about these two guys, Aaron Scott and Bryce West, is that they unprompted have both talked about wanting to play with each other at the next level. And to my working knowledge, Ohio state is the only program that has hosted them together. And now they've done it twice. Um, Again, that's to my working knowledge. If there are, are secret visits to Michigan or elsewhere that I don't know about, then so be it. But like, Ohio state's not trying to hide the fact that they had both of them on campus at the same time, twice. Like they're not trying to hide that from anybody, which is important. Like that's important. And you can't say it's not, if that's me wearing scarlet tinted glasses, then all right, I'm guilty of it. But like everything is everything in recruiting is done for a reason. Like there's intentions behind every single thing. And when you publicize uh, and on it to, two visits um there's a reason behind that and it's because ohio state i don't want to say desperately but like if ohio state is going to turn around it's it's cornerback room it's going to get done on the recruiting trail and tim walton did a great job in 2023 by getting uh jermaine matthews who was the number one ohio prospect 
ended up being a five-star cornerback. Um, and then Calvin Simpson Hunt, who in his own accord is just an absolute man as a 17-year-old. Uh, I believe he was the number seven cornerback in the country last in the 2023 cycle uh, from Waxahachie, Texas. Uh, so that right there is is a good start. And then you have two guys in your own backyard that like really can turn it around. This this is not going to just define Ohio State, Michigan, but this is going to define Ohio State's constant need for a defensive turnaround. Yeah, I agree. With that, that was a bit that was a that was a bit rambling, but at some point I knew I was going to find the point I was trying to make, which Aaron Scott holds more importance. Uh, sorry, I just got a message from someone actually. Uh, uh, Aaron Scott, his recruitment holds more importance than just the game. It's for like the complete turnaround of the Ohio State cornerback room. Yeah, and that can start this year. I I mean, I agree that it starts on the recruiting trip by Tim Walton, but it, it can start this year from a team perspective of like, okay, well, well, it helps the Aaron Scott push and it solidifies his belief that Ohio State's the place for him if he picks Ohio State in July and then Denzel Burke is a first-team All-American. It helps if Jordan Hancock shows a lot of promise. It helps if Davison Ibnosen goes on two years at Ohio State and becomes a, a high-level draft pick. Like, those – beliefs for Bryce West and Aaron Scott, if they choose to trust Tim Walton can be solidified by that as well as 2025 cornerbacks and 2026 cornerbacks. And so like, it's, it's gotta be a healthy mix of like, you have to show it to make recruits believe it, but you also have to make recruits believe it in order to show it. And so it's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Well, who cares? Aaron Scott and Bryce West are both the chicken and the egg. They can be because they could both go on to be first round picks because they're that talented. So like, I, one last thing on Aaron Scott for me, because um, I don't want to make this whole show about this guy so important, because then we'll get clipped by Michigan fans if he picks Michigan and, and be all over the internet getting dunked on, um, which is probably going to happen anyway, to be honest. Hello, Michigan fans. <laughs> um, Aaron Scott Jr., Michigan. Aaron Scott Jr., Ohio State. Okay, SEO is taken care of. Uh, this quote from Aaron Scott that Letterman Row was tagged in, uh, not from you. You do a great job reporting, but these quotes are from Aaron Scott. He put this on Instagram. I thought it was really interesting. Um, a quote about Ohio State says, I'm from Ohio and they treat me like family. It makes sense for me to stay home. He's told you the exact same thing, but this is just verbatim what I have pulled up on my phone right now. The reason that I pulled that one up, though, is because the next slide is a slide of him in a Michigan jersey. And the quote from Aaron Scott Jr., which I'm sure you saw on Instagram, is, I feel a lot of love from the coaches and players. I like the idea of becoming a villain. Well, I understand that Steve Klingscale is a great defensive backs coach. He always has been. I've... I've known him as a good defense back coach since his time at Kentucky. Like the, the guy can recruit and the guy can coach. I don't think that Aaron's entire recruiting pitch for Michigan is like, Hey, come be a villain. But like, if that's the, the, the selling point here, I think the pool to stay home probably outweighs the pool to be a villain because it's only fun to be a villain for so long. And mm-hmm. so I just think that like, that's obviously a lot of just speculation on my part, but I, I, I just feel like, when it comes down to it, it's like, where do you want to be? I think Ohio State's going to win out, but I don't say that. Obviously, you can see it in my face. I don't say that with a lot of conviction right now. And that's even with from somebody who has an RPM in for Ohio State to land Aaron Scott. So, And additionally, you know, like, yeah, it's fun being the villain, but, like, 
every story ever in the world of ever uh villains don't typically win in the short term or the long term and like if that's really what it is ohio state can say okay from the jump you could be a hero and stay home like like that's just i think that i'm going to chalk that one up to being a 17 year old just having some fun uh, yeah because that's what these kids do he put Um, it out there though hey he did and i'm gonna you know my my job is to present the ohio state perspective um from what i have learned and it makes a lot more sense to be a quote unquote hero and only be 40 minutes away but i uh, as much as i love talking about cornerbacks uh let's transition to the defensive line which i don't oh. want to say can we do demarion witten real quick just to end up the commitment weekend yes go ahead vince uh, you've been, uh, W-Y-D, man. Like, it's your wedding night, man. I saw so many tweets that are like, congrats to Vince on getting married. Like, it is your wedding night. Look, I just got married three weeks ago. The last, and I understand that I don't make a million dollars to think about high school kids, but like the last thing I was thinking about is like, damn, I wonder if Ohio State's going to land this tight end or if Kentucky's going to get him. And Vince on his wedding night pops up on the Twitter machine and is like, hey, we got the guy we wanted, a grown, G-R-O-N, a grown man, SEC ball. Fine, Vince, have your win in Kentucky, but I think you just soured your chances of some other Ohio prospects when you're known as an Ohio recruiter. Yeah, that's the point that I was just going to make. That's uh, for a guy who actually has a track record of taking really good talent from Ohio and taking it to Kentucky. And Kentucky's a nice little ball program. I mean, they are right where they are at for a reason. Like, Kentucky is pretty solid, in my opinion. And, uh, I mean, Vince is respected throughout the state and in all avenues of the state of Ohio. And then uh, whether or not, you know, there were some libations potentially with uh with that some some beverages allegedly perhaps some are saying not me i'm not going on the record and saying he did that allegedly allegedly but uh yeah to to tweet about about losing your your priority tight end is uh that's tough but hey i also don't make a million dollars to do this so to each their own i suppose he said he got who he wanted. Uh, we have no choice but to believe the man. Um, and uh, best of luck. You know, I did not go into last weekend thinking, well, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be comparing a three-star Kentucky tight end to a four-star Ohio State tight end. But here we are. From now on, I'm going to just be looking at stats of – I just think it's – I just thought it was a, just a, like only in college football could somebody <laughs> on their wedding night diss a 17 year old kid and it'd be looked at as just like well that's recruiting like yeah. what a sport I, a completely that's, normal uh, that's also the just the time of year that we are in uh the the masses are starving for some college football things to like actually happen so the the casual recruiting fans probably ate that one up i wow. have to admit uh, all right i'm done on to defensive line matt let's do the big board here yeah, I think uh, I think two things that are surprising. Not mm, no, hang on, back that. Stop, stop. Let me start over. I think we need to talk about f- 
first this Edric Houston visit to Alabama, which, you know, talking with on three director of recruiting Chad Simmons, just kind of picking his brain a little bit. Uh, definitely the Alabama visit went well for Edric Houston, the five-star defensive lineman out of Buford uh, in Georgia. But I don't think it was enough to wow him to the point of still not having Ohio State as his perspective, perspective, you know, top school. I still think that Ohio State is in the driver's seat for that, which is big seeing as how he was just in Tuscaloosa. Uh, all the intel is pointing that come August 22nd, uh, Larry Johnson is going to get get a guy. Uh, August 22nd being Edric Houston's commitment date. Uh, and I don't see that being moved up as of right now anyway. But to for the Buckeyes to survive an, an official visit of one of their top guys down in Tuscaloosa, that was big. Yeah, it's something that Ohio State hasn't been able to avoid um, all too often, honestly. Even dating back to the Urban Meyer era, guys would take official visits to Alabama and you just chalk it up as well. Good run. Um, but yeah. And so then you, you look at Edric Houston and, and it's a Buford kid. It's a completely different recruitment than what you're used to in Georgia because it's a Buford kid. Uh, can't stress that enough. Buford is just simply different. How? I don't really know how to explain it. Maybe someday Letterman Row load up the minivan and head on down to Buford and find out. But in the meantime, like, I, I just think that like, this is a recruitment. That Ohio State's really done a good job of pitching him on what it's like at Ohio State. Ohio State's had success at Buford before. Um, the Buckeyes have a really good pitch for defensive ends. You just throw on the tape and and see JT Tuimoloel having four turnovers, you know, against Penn State. You can look at Chase Young against Penn State, Chase Young against Wisconsin, all of the Bosa highlights. Like Larry Johnson has that track record here. And, you know, I, even like a guy like Tyreek Smith, who, who underwhelming at Ohio State, but – uh, against Clemson, had a couple sacks. Sack Trevor Lawrence stripped stripped him of the ball. Zach Harrison had a pretty decent career, third round draft pick. Like the list goes on and on, and like that pitch is really strong, especially at a program like Buford that prides itself on development and doing things quietly and and just handling your business and and then looking for the accolades later. Like that's a really strong pitch. And then to to yeah. put Columbus and the NIL game in with it, like it's just different than what Georgia and Alabama are going to be throwing your way and so i think ohio state's done a really good job here and like you said matt august 22nd like that's gonna be a monumental day for ohio state as a program that is used to landing defensive end talent but like this one is a head-to-head -head with alabama and georgia and you took a huge swing down south and you and if you can can pull this out in the next couple months that is a big big win for ryan day and then additionally i mean you went through the rolodex of names that that have gone through Ohio State at defensive end. But a guy that, like, I'm not comparing uh, these two players by, like, their on-field uh, skills because they're different players, but kind of, like, who they are personality-wise from what I've gathered. But Sam Hubbard uh, kind of just is always in the back of my head when I think about Edric Houston, just from, like, a personality standpoint. Um, and Sam Hubbard had... I, I think a great career at Ohio State. He was just in the shadow of Nick Bosa the whole entire time. And now you see Sam Hubbard tearing it up with the Cincinnati Bengals. So another guy that I want to get to that is, again, top of the board for Ohio State is five-star Washington, D.C. edge rusher 
Dylan Stewart. He was just at South Carolina this past weekend. And you and I have heard some things uh, in recent weeks that the Buckeyes have a real shot here. I mean, they have a real, real shot. And if they're going to go toe-to-toe with the program like South Carolina, I mean, Ohio State has some things working against it uh, with with South Carolina, uh, namely the name, image, and likeness, the NIL. South Carolina, from what we know, is in a better position there than Ohio State. But I think if you put the whole package together, Ohio State is laps ahead of South Carolina and what it can do for Dylan Stewart. Ohio State isn't recruiting him as a, you know, hand in the turf uh, defensive end. He's going to be more of the, the, the Jack position, which he likes that. Like he, he is intrigued by that. The opportunity to just pin his ears back and go rush a quarterback. And then additionally, you know, every now and then drop into pass coverage. Like that's something that no other school that is recruiting him is telling him. Uh, and when you have a freak athlete like that, um, watch out, like watch out. I saw a recent photo of Dylan Stewart and my God, there's a reason why he's the number one overall prospect by on three. I mean, he is, he is a man among boys and that's saying something, seeing as how he plays in the DMV where that the DMV is just loaded with talent. Um, so yeah, Ohio state is there is no like formal decision date for Dylan Stewart. And I think this is going to come down to Ohio state and South Carolina. Um, you know, Miami is in the mix. There are, there are a few other schools that like, you know, watch out for, but I think, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Ohio state won that battle. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost it, but like the fact that Ohio state is in contention for these guys, I think it's a different situation than it was last year when they were in contention for the three defensive ends uh, at this time a year ago. I think it's a completely different set of in contentions. And these are battles that Ohio State can realistically win. Um, we said it with Edric Houston, who is going to be very similar to like a JT uh, kind of player, you know, that strong side defensive end, do that. Uh, so Edric Houston, you have Dylan Stewart, you have Marquise Lightfoot. Um, you know, there there are some guys at Ohio State like can really, really get. Um, and I'm gonna pump the brakes on my own little line here. You know, there there are some things that Ohio State has to get through. You know, other schools are obviously in the mix, other schools are gonna feel as great as Ohio State does, but just the fact that Ohio State is in contention for these guys as it should be, mind you, because Ohio State is one of like four programs that can win a national championship any year it wants to. Um, It's an encouraging sign for Ohio State on all accounts of its recruiting efforts. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that they're in great position on the defensive line. Um, Defensive tackle, uh, maybe a little more murky um, just in who the who where the the pecking order is. But I think that has really sorted itself out. you know, a defensive end. And if, if the Ohio state can go in and get these three, um, you could go realistically three for three in this. And it would not surprise me. It would surprise, it would surprise me if they go over three, like they did last year, but it would not surprise me at all. If they go two for three, might might not be ready for that three for three sweep yet. I've heard great things with Ohio state on Edric Houston. I've heard great things. I actually have an RPM in for that. And as do you, I think you, you do as well. If you don't, 
I, I, I apologize. I've heard great things for Ohio State on Marquis Lightfoot. There's the potential of, of pulling the trigger on, on that RPM. I've heard great things about Ohio State on Dylan Stewart. Not ready to do that one quite yet, but that that one is trending toward a direction where like, hey, might be might be go time here for Ohio State. So like, you're right, Matt. Like this, this could be really special for Larry Johnson, this defensive line room that does need that influx of five-star talent. I, I've said it before, like, I think this I think next year, if JT and Jack both leave, next year would be the first year since 2012 or 2011 that they didn't have a five-star defensive end on the roster. That's unacceptable at Ohio State. So 2024, you might as well go get one or two. Like, or two. To to call yourselves uh to call yourselves the rushmen, you need some rushmen. And that's what this cycle was going to be. Uh, missing on on the big three last year hurt. Obviously, you get a great a great talent though, and Joshua Mickens out of Lawrence Central from nearby Indianapolis. Uh, he's a great player, but like you need more because you look at what's not going to be there at this time in a year from now potentially. Um, and it's the guys from the twenty two class, and then Joshua Mickens, and like that's that's not enough. I don't think Ohio State wants to go in the portal for edge rushers in particular um it, like you have got to get home runs in this cycle like larry johnson jim Knowles, ryan day have got to land at least two of those three guys that we have named absolutely ohio state will look to keep doing that keep the positive momentum on the recruiting trail particularly on the defensive side of the ball man it's 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 heating up for the buckeyes people who thought that this was going to be an offense heavy class not so fast my friend you might have just as many top 100 defenders as you do offensive guys in this class, which is crazy to think about considering the talent assembled on the offensive side of the ball. We'll be tracking it the entire way through signing day and even through signing day when they get to the team and, and, and Matt hands the coverage over to Andy Backstrom and I, as well as Tim May. Again, that's Matt Parker on the other side of that screen doing a great job, a bang up job. Some would might say on the Ohio state recruiting show for lettermanrow.com. I am just Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Subscribe wherever you find Letterman Row, and we will see you back here very soon for another edition of the Letterman Lounge.